Well, what's up, church family? Hey, is anybody excited to be in the basement today? Anybody at all? I love it. It's, it's good to be in the church house with you guys. Um, it's good to be in your house, online family. A big shout out to everybody in Facebook land, everybody in Spotify world, uh, the OG crew, our podcasters, YouTubers, all the people. Can you guys just give some love to our online family real quick? Everybody watching. Thank you guys for watching. Hey, we're talking about family around here, and I want to show some um, love to one of my favorite Bayshore families in our online family right now. I'm talking about the Barths, Matt and Kristen Barth. I think we have a picture of them. Yeah, this is them from Friendsgiving a few years ago. There's a lot to unpack in this picture right here. I love this because, you know, Kristen is like the conservative one in the two. You know, she just got like one prop, the one prop picture. Matt's got all the props. Matt is eating a prop right there in that picture. Um, but I love the bars. They've been a part of our basement for years. Uh, they are front rowers. And I love front rowers the most, okay? I know you're not supposed to have favorites, all right? But you guys, thank you so much for being in the front row. The bars are front row people. I love that about the bars. Uh, but a few weeks ago, Matt actually had some, some surgery on his ankle. Um, and so thank goodness for technology. They've been able to watch up in their living room in Milton ever since. And so they're watching in the living room right now. So I thought we could just get rowdy for the bars rattle the living room up in Milton. Can you guys help me out with that? All right, let's just give it up for the Barths right now. Miss you guys. Hope you're doing better, Matt. Yes. Guys, these Christmas lights. This is the first time I'm seeing it. There's Christmas lights over your head. Some of you are going to try this in your living room today. Like, honey, we're going to put Christmas lights over our our heads in the living room. Uh, But I'm thankful for our volunteers who made this happen, um, Alexis, Carrie, uh, Cotter, RJ did all this. So these guys are awesome. Thank you guys for making it all Christmassy in here. Um, and if you're just kind of joining us, we're, we're talking about family around here because family is amazing. It's a blessing. It brings us joy. It makes us smile, and it stresses us out. Come on. Somebody say preach it. How many of you have ever been stressed out by a family member? Let me just see your hand. You've been stressed out by a family member? Oh, there you go. How many of you, that family member that has stressed you out is the person you're sitting next to right now? Come on, be honest. Doesn't that feel good? Just call them out right in church, right? So we're talking about family and talking about stress a little bit. Um, and speaking of stress, it's 2020 still. This is a year that will, like, not end, right? Like, I feel like 2020 is like that cat that keeps on showing up to your house, you know? And you're like, aren't you supposed to move on by now? Aren't you supposed to, like, terrorize the neighbor's house at this point? Am I the only one who has this experience with cats, like, coming up to my house? <laughs> but 2020 is still hanging out. 2020 has been full of all sorts of bad news. And for me personally, one of the bad things I discovered about myself in 2020 is that I'm starting to get really old. Because, listen, my wife, she buys me wrinkle cream now. The first time she got it for me, I'm like, really? This is where I got to wear wrinkle cream? This is where I'm at now in my life? Um, I also know I'm getting old because I tried virtual reality this week for the first time. Anybody tried virtual reality before? Okay, anybody seen those YouTube fail videos where really old people try them and they're like, they're like stumbling and falling out of their lazy boys? You ever seen this before? 
Listen, that basically happened to me when I tried virtual reality for the first time, and our media guy filmed me, and I didn't know he was filming me until he sent me a text message like a day later of me almost falling over with the virtual reality. And so I think we have that clip in the back. Here's the clip. It's not that bad, but this is me trying virtual reality for the first time. I'm on a roller coaster. I'm, going, I'm about to go down a roller coaster. That's when it happened. I think we have that in slow-mo. Can we, like, slow-mo that part, RJ, the part where I'm, like, I'm on this roller coaster. Watch this part right here. Oh! <laughs> and that feels fun. Listen, I thought my life was over. Like, I was falling off this mountain on this roller coaster. So I feel like I'm getting old. Another reason I feel like I'm getting old in 2020 is because this year I fell in love with going to the grocery store. You know you're getting old when you love the grocery store. Like when you can't wait for the weekly ad to come out for the circular, and you're like, oh, I can't wait. Friday's my day, man. The circular's coming out. And we, um, we live in, within biking distance of a grocery store um, near my house. And like this fall, I got a, like um, a basket for the back of my bike. And, and all the time, I like old man bike up to the grocery store. And I can't wait to go to the grocery store. I make my entire family go with me now. And so I'm like, guys, grapes are on sale for $1.99 a pound. This deal won't last long, all right? Everybody load up on your bikes. We're getting some grapes. So I'm, I'm feeling old, guys. And so uh, a couple months ago, we were in the grocery store. I was in the frozen section, and I found the ice cream that my grandfather used to give me when I was a kid, greens ice cream. I haven't seen this ice cream for like 25 years. And when I found this greens ice cream, I like had a moment in the grocery store. I was like... I found it. I found the ice cream. I'm like, kids, come over here. Stacy, come over. You got you to see the ice cream. I'm like holding it up to them. They're like, what's the big deal? And people are like staring at me, but I'm like, listen, I wear wrinkle cream right now. I enjoy the grocery store. This is my hobby. Just let me be. I'm enjoying my greens ice cream. So I bought the greens ice cream. And so Saturday night, last Saturday night, uh, I was giving my kids, I wanted them to experience greens ice cream just like my pop-up gave it to me. So I scooped up some greens ice cream for them. They wanted sprinkles, though, little, some jimmies on there. So I sprinkled up their ice cream. We had a, a great time eating some greens ice cream last Saturday night. But about 9 o'clock last Saturday night, my wife Stacy went to our sink, and I'm watching YouTube in the living room. Stacy's at the sink, and she says to me from the, from the kitchen, she says, Honey, the next time you and the kids have ice cream and sprinkles... Could you just, like, clean the sink up a little bit better? Now, guys, I thought I had cleaned up the sink. So I was like, no, 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 no. I, I cleaned up the sink. I put everything in the dishwasher. And Stacy just very sweetly, she's like, well, honey, there's still some sprinkles in the sink. Now, if I was, if I was spiritually mature, <laughs> that's a big if right there, Okay. If I was spiritually mature, what I should have done is said, oh, baby, you don't worry about, we went a little crazy with the Jimmy's, don't worry about that, I'm going to turn off YouTube, I'm going to get off this couch, I'm going to go in there, I want to serve, this is my pleasure to serve you, honey. And I'm going to take care of this for you because after all, we are starting a brand new series at the church tomorrow called Family Matters. So this is my opportunity to show you, babe, that you matter. And I'm just so grateful that we had the money to buy the ice cream. I'm so grateful that I could share this moment with my kids. I'm just grateful that I can clean the sprinkles out of the sink. That's what I should have said. What I actually said was, really? We're talking about sprinkles? And I said, how many sprinkles can you count in the sink right now? She's like, baby, I see like four sprinkles. I'm like, oh, four sprinkles. 
We're talking about four sprinkles here. That's it. I'm going to my favorite place, the grocery store. I'm like biking out of here. Like I... But I had a moment last Saturday night, mind you, the day before we kicked off our family series here at church. So how many of you would say that your family is like my family? It's a little messy. It's a little dysfunctional. Come on, let me see your hands. It'll make me feel better. Listen, family is messy, right? Like, it doesn't matter how much you go to church. It doesn't matter how much you read the Bible. It doesn't matter, you know, how many parenting books, marriage books you read. It doesn't matter how much wrinkle cream you wear on your face. Family is messy. And so doesn't it feel good to hear that family is messy in church? Doesn't it just make you feel a little bit better? You know, some of you, that was a therapeutic moment when I told you about my, my Saturday night last Saturday night. <laughs> And so family is messy. I, I got a little wild. My phone's jumping off the, the podium. He's coming for the phone. The bad news is even the best families have bad moments. The good news is you can thrive in and not just survive in your family no matter how messy it is. If your kids are messy, that's normal. If your marriage is messy, you are normal. If your Thanksgiving dinner on Thursday is going to be all sorts of messy, you are normal, all right? Our church, all the perfect got it all together, no problem families, they don't go to church here. They go to a different church, all right? We're in a basement, y'all. The pastor and his wife fight about sprinkles on Saturday night. And so every family is a little dysfunctional, but isn't it true that family matters no matter how dysfunctional it is. It's true that family matters no matter how dysfunctional it is. Now, my family is dysfunctional. I remember a few years ago, my whole family was down in the Outer Banks. And uh, one night, I came up for, for dinner, uh, which was on the third floor of the house we were renting. My whole family's there. And my dad is sitting around the dining room table with my kids, and they, they have his laptop open, and they're watching a video. And my dad and my kids are having, like, the greatest time ever. They're laughing. They're smiling. My kids are, like, four and five at this point. So they're, like, just having a moment with whatever they're watching. And occasionally, I would hear my daughter say, ew. And I was thinking, like, what are, what are they watching? So I said, hey, Dad, what, what are you guys watching? What are you showing my four- and five-year-old? And my dad gave me that look, you know, that you used to give your parents when you got caught doing something you shouldn't do. You know what I'm talking about? My dad is 63 years old, though, okay? So what my dad was showing my kids, all right, my daughter, my dad didn't say anything. He didn't even answer the question. My daughter said, Daddy, Papa's letting us watch deer birthing videos on YouTube. I'm like, my dad's not letting my four and five-year-old watch deer birthing videos. So I looked at the screen. I see Bambi drop out of a doe, and I'm like, oh, Lord, help us all. <laughs> and so I, I, I didn't even stop him. I just looked at my, my, my dad and my kids. I was just like, this, this, is my, this is my family. This is my father. These are my children. This is my future legacy watching deer birthing videos at four and five years old. And all I did, I didn't stop them. I just took a picture of them watching the screen. So look, here's, here's my family watching deer birthing videos. Have you ever seen happier children in your entire life? Now, my, my kids, they were fine. Okay, they didn't talk for like five or six weeks after this. But, you know, they came around. They got, you know, kids are resilient and all. Um, but even the pastor's family and the pastor's pastor's family is dysfunctional. And so... Even though our families are dysfunctional, family matters. And, and I think what happens for, for all of us is it's easy to diss our families when they're dysfunctional. But if we dissed our families every time they were dysfunctional, none of us would have families, right? And so my hope, my hope for us on the Sunday before Thanksgiving 
is that no matter how messy your family is, that we will be grateful for the family we have, not the family we wish we had. That we will love the family we have, not the family we wish we had. That we will love the kids we have, not the kids we thought we'd have. That we love the parents, the the in-laws, the in-laws we have, not the in-laws and the parents we thought we'd have. That we will love the spouse we have, not the spouse we thought we'd have. And nobody say amen to that because that will make Thanksgiving all sorts of weird. And to do that, we're going to look at something that um, Jesus' half-brother James had to say, um, which speaking of like Jesus' half-brother James, think, think about that family. All right, could you imagine how much therapy you would need if Jesus was your brother? Like, can you imagine that family dynamic? Like, their, their mom, Mary, would have to always say to James, like, hey, James, why can't you be more like your brother? You know, the Lord. Like, what does that do to a person? Like, maybe you thought your, your siblings were the perfect one. They were the golden siblings. Okay, you always got Ds and they got As. Like, you, you were, um, like, rolling the family station wagon down the driveway at midnight, you know, while they were studying. Some of you were doing that. And you thought that they were, they were the perfect ones, and you always kind of felt like your parents treated them different. Could you imagine if Jesus was your brother? Like, even James just waking up in the morning like you are an underachiever, okay? And so I can't imagine what sort of issues James had in his family. But James addressed the early church family. And the early church family had all sorts of issues going on as well. This sounds like a whole lot like our family. There was drama. There was fighting. There was all this stuff going on. And so James, Jesus' half-brother, gives the early church this advice. We're in James chapter 3, starting in verse 13. And he says this, okay, if you are wise and understand God's ways, prove it by living, a, living an honorable life, doing what? Doing good works with the humility that comes from wisdom. And so first off, James' James's advice is, hey, I want you to do good, and I want you to do good with humility. Now, being humble is like being selfless, Right? Like, like, like what I should have said that the last Saturday night is I should have said, oh, baby, you, you want me to turn off YouTube and, like, get off the couch and clean up the sink? I will clean that sink up for you so fast. Like, that's what I should have said because humility is making somebody else's needs bigger than your needs, right? I mean, that'll preach right there. It's making somebody else's needs bigger than your needs and your wants. And so James says if, if, if family's messy, if, if church is messy, do good, do it with humility. And then he goes on and says this. But if you are bitterly jealous and there is selfish ambition in your heart, don't cover up the truth with boasting and lying. For jealousy and selfishness are not God's kind of wisdom. Such things are earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. For wherever there is jealousy and selfish ambition, there at the Thanksgiving dinner table, you will find disorder and evil of every kind. Everybody say, that sounds like my family. (laughs) And so James is saying there's two kinds of wisdom there's God's wisdom, which is being selfless, and then there's this thing where we're like selfish, selfish, and like nothing good comes out of that. And so the early church family was messy, just like our families are messy. And James said, you can trace that mess back to them being jealous and selfish. And isn't it crazy that not much has changed in 2,000 years, right? And so how do we clean up the mess in our families? James says, do good and be selfless. Now, some of you are like, oh, I like that, Pastor. I'm going to go to Thanksgiving on Thursday. I'm going to pull Aunt Thelma aside and say, my pastor said, you need to be a little less selfish, you little stinking turkey stuffing. No, 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 no. This, this is about you. 
This is about you being selfless. And so how do we clean up the mess in our messy family? Since we're talking about you, my first of two points today is this. You have to work on your selfie. Work on your selfie. Now, I'm curious, how many of you have ever in your entire life taken a selfie? Come on, be honest. If I can admit I wear wrinkle cream, selfie people. Half the room did not raise your hand. I think we have some ushers. Butch, can you go around and collect everybody's phone? We're going to look through their pictures, and if we find their selfies, we're going to put them right up here on the screen. A lot of people have taken selfies. Um, I don't know a lot about selfies, but I do know that there's a right way to take a selfie and a wrong way to take a selfie. You know what I'm talking about? Okay, first off, all right, some tips, some pastor tips on your selfies. Number one, you got to have good lighting. That's why we hung these lights in here, okay? No, the basement is not the greatest for lighting. Um, another thing is you got to have good lighting. Another thing is you got you to hold your phone out. You can't like T-Rex arm the thing, okay? So the ladies will see your chin hair or something, okay? You, you got to like, just kidding. You got you to put it out there. Okay, same for Zoom calls. I was Zoom calling somebody yesterday. All I saw was the top of their head the entire time. You got to like arm out, you know, focus in. Um, and, and the other thing is when you take a selfie, you got to put your, your chin out, okay, because that will give you the skinny neck, all right, because if you don't put your, your chin out, all right, you're going to have the gobbler. You know what the gobbler is? <laughs> ain't going to get very many likes that way, okay? So you got to like, everybody, come on, put, put your, your chin like three inches. Oh, you, you all just lost 15 pounds. That's good right there. <laughs> Some of you are like, oh, this is good stuff. You're taking notes for the first time in church. Like, okay, <laughs> arms out, chin out. Um, but remember my tips because we're going to take a church selfie right now. I haven't taken a church selfie with, with our church for, for, I don't know, a year or two. So uh, we're going to take a church selfie. If you're in our online family, we can't really see you. But hang out with us for a second. Um, all right, so everybody, I'm going to put my arm out. You guys got to put your chins out. Come on, you got to put those chins out. And I know you can't, we can't see your smile because you got your face mask. But you guys ready for this? All right. All right, here comes the church selfie. All right, one, two, three. All right, let's see how this turned out. It's good. You guys over here look really good. Oh, this side. No, I'm just kidding. I'm good. It's good. It's good. We'll probably post that on our Facebook later today or tomorrow. Listen, I don't know much about taking selfies. I, I, honestly, I take about one selfie a year, but I took my annual selfie a few weeks ago while driving. I would not recommend that. Um, but here's what happened. My, my kids, when my kids are in the booster seat with me, uh, when I'm driving, my kids are asleep in like one minute. Go, whoop. When my wife is driving, nobody sleeps. Everybody's just like, hang on, all right? But when I drive, everybody's asleep in one minute. And so um, my daughter was in the back seat. She fell asleep in her booster seat. And when my kids fall asleep in their booster seat, they like, they limp noodle over. over. And so I just had to like take a picture of this moment. And here's Nora in the back. You see this right here? <laughs> Listen, if I did, if I fell asleep like that, I would need to go to the hospital. I would need more than wrinkle cream. I would need a chiropractor for life. But kids, you know, she's been, you know, so I, I love this. I had to take a picture of of this, but we, we live in a selfie culture, don't we? Has there ever been a, a generation in the history of the world that has taken more pictures of themselves, that has been more dialed into how they look, that has been more focused in on getting likes and putting filters and making everything look good? I think we all know the answer to that is no way, not even close, right? Like we live in a selfie culture, right? 
We are dialed in to how we look. Some of you, you're, you're dialed into your church outfit. Some people, like, you know, you got your face mask and your outfit matching, and I love that. Some of you, you're dialed into the, your, your hairdo, which I won't talk about because we're talking about jealousy. James talked about jealousy. I don't want to talk about jealousy, okay? But you got your hairdo looking good. Some of you are dialed into fitness. Some of you got a dad bod. You're like, I'm just into fitting into this sweatshirt however I can. Some of you are in your wrinkle cream, like me. Listen, we are dialed into the outside, but you know what matters even more than the external is the internal. It's what's, going, it's what's going on in our heart. It's what's going on in our relationship with God. And James is essentially saying, hey, you need to dial that in. You need to focus in on that. You need to tune that up because our families will always be a hot mess if we're a hot mess on the inside, Right? If we're carrying around, you know, bitterness and jealousy and selfishness and unforgiveness, like we got to work on our inside selfie. Now, you can still look good on the outside, okay, but, but what matters most is what's going on on the inside. And so James answers this question, like basically, how do we deal with what's going on in the inside? And he says, you need to find out in your family, like, or in your life, where, where are you jealous? Now, a lot of us think, oh, Joe, I'm not jealous, what am I, two years old, like wanting somebody else's? I'm not, I'm not a jealous person, but let, let me just show you how we can all be a little jealous, okay? On Thanksgiving, uh, some of us are going to go be with our families if we're allowed to be. I guess we're maybe not allowed to be with families this year. I don't know. Some of you are like, that's, that's the greatest thing about the pandemic. I can only have 10 people over. Uncle Frank did not make the cut this year. But some of you, you're going to go to Thanksgiving dinner on Thursday, and you're going to pull up, and that family member is going to pull up right next to you that has the perfect vehicle that's been freshly waxed. You know, it's brand new, and their perfect kids are going to get out of the perfect vehicle, and they have matching outfits. Everything is ironed, and those kids listen to their parents, and inside, you're going to be like, Ugh. And then they're going to get out of their perfect new vehicle with their perfect Thanksgiving dish. And that's the dish that everybody's eating. And everybody's like, oh, who made this? This is good. Oh, Margaret, I need to get your recipe. And your sorry green bean casserole is going to be sitting over there with only like one scoop out of it. And that's the scoop that you made your husband take to prime the pump. You know all about that. Like, hey, just get a piece so other people will get a piece. Oh, nobody wants it? Okay. And then you're going to sit around the Thanksgiving dinner table and like, you know, they're going to say, oh, we're about to go on a perfect vacation because we are about to celebrate our perfect marriage and our 10-year marriage anniversary. We're going to the Caribbean and we're just, we just got promoted, so we got all this money everywhere. And inside, you're going to be thinking, I wish I could stuff you in the turkey. <laughs> Jealousy shows up in family, right? Some of that's a little too real, isn't it? Jealousy shows up in family, right? Like, like maybe their kids are better acting than your kids. Uh, may, maybe they, they are more successful than you are. Um, maybe they have more money than you have. There's all these things that kind of make us jealous. Maybe their marriage is better than your marriage. Their marriage looks like a scene from the notebook. And you just think like, I wish my husband would rent a, a boat and take me out and put swans all around the boat. And jealousy messes with our family because it messes with our thinking and then it messes with our attitude and then we get an attitude and then our our private thoughts become a public thanksgiving fight hello and then the turkey tastes different nobody's eating your green bean casserole still and then you pass that bitterness down to your kids and then your kids get that their kids get that and it just kind of passes along and nobody wants that right and so if you want to dial up your family you got to dial down the bitterness and you got to dial up you got to dial up the grace and forgiveness. 
dial grace and forgiveness up this Thanksgiving season in your families. Now, I know what some of you are thinking. You're like, <laughs> Joe, have you met my family? They do not deserve grace and forgiveness. Listen, I am on your side. I believe you. I'm behind you. But aren't you glad that our Heavenly Father gives us grace and forgiveness when we don't deserve it? And so we don't deserve it. We're so grateful that we get it from our Heavenly Father. And maybe you're like, well, Joe, I don't know how to extend grace and forgiveness. I had somebody in our church email me this week, and he's having some, like, resentment issues with somebody in his family. And he said, Joel, every time I'm feeling that bitterness come up, what I do is I just thank God that he's helping me forgive that person. I just, every time, I thank God that he's helping me forgive that person. And isn't that good advice? And so what would happen when you feel that bitterness come up if you just talked to God, if you just dialed God up? You know what happened? Our thanksgivings would be a whole lot less bitter and a whole lot better, right? How many of you, that sounds better than some uneaten green bean casserole? Come on, doesn't that sound better? Some grace and forgiveness in the family. And so you got to dial down that bitterness and dial up that grace and forgiveness. Another area that there's bitterness in, in, in families and resentment can come into play is when it comes to like couples and who's doing what around the house. Like who's doing the laundry, who's doing the dishes, who's going to fold the clothes, who's going to do the school homework, who's going to like, you know, pay the bills, like all this stuff, like who's going to clean the toilet? Now, do you, you, you feel how tense things are right now? It is quieter than a mouse toot in a church when you talk about who's going to do what in the house. Things get tense when you're like, who's going to do what responsibility when it's, there's two couples? And so I don't want a two-moan horn because, you know, James is talking about not being selfish and you know, being selfless. Listen, I'm going to toot my own horn a little bit. At our house, I do some of the dishes. I, I clean. I, I, I vacuum because we got one of those robot vacuums. So I'm like, hey, vacuum, go do your thing. <laughs> I help Nixon with his schoolwork. Like, I, I, I just help out with these things. And in our family, we, we just have decided we're going to help out. My wife, Stacy, she always makes sure the kids have clothes that match and they fit. She flosses their teeth. I have never flossed a child's teeth. Can you imagine? She cleans our toilets. Lord, help that woman. And help Nixon, my boy, get it in the toilet for one time in his life. But we just help each other out. We call ourselves Team T. That's just what we do. And so last Sunday after church, I knew that my Monday this past week was going to be crazy. So last Sunday, I'm leaving church, and I'm thinking, man, Monday is going to be so crazy at work. And then as soon as I get home, I'm going to have to do hours of score with Nixon, and I'm all sorts of stressed out leaving church last Sunday. And I get home, and Sunday afternoon, I look over, and I see my wife having Nixon up at the kitchen island, and she's doing his homework with him to help me out on Monday. And I'm like... I am so thankful for Stacy. And Stacy was in like teacher mode, and I was like, she's a hot teacher. <laughs> I like to take her class, you know what I'm talking about? And like, <laughs> but let me, let me just say this, fellas, husbands, if you want your wife to like you, you got to help share the load. And if she likes you, then she'll like you at the end of the day. If she likes you at the end of the day, it might be a great night. Some of you husbands are taking notes for the first time in church. Like, what is that again? Okay, I share the Lord. It's a great night. Okay, okay, I got this. Um, so if there's resentment and bitterness about who's doing what, listen, you just got to sit and you got to talk about it. And one person can't carry everything. You got to split that mess up. And so how do you dial up your family? You got to dial up your inside self. Because what would happen in your family if you focus as much on as who you are on the inside as how much you focus on who you are on the outside. 
If you gave the same attention to who you are on the inside, what would happen in your families, right? I think they'd all be a little bit better, and they'd all be a whole lot less bitter, right? And so we do good, we be selfless, and then my last point is this. You got to bring home, not the bacon, bring home the peace. Because can't we agree that bacon and peace can make any family better? Come on now. Mm, Anybody hungry for some bacon? (laughs) Hey, Christmas is in 33 days. How many of you just lost a little bit of your peace right then? You're like, oh, no. No, it's in 33 days. I love Christmas. Christmas is one of my favorite times of year. The older I get, the more I like Christmas. I don't know if that's happened to anybody. Like, the more face cream I put on, the more I love my matching family Christmas pajamas, which my wife ordered us matching family Christmas pajamas this past week, all right? And so, like, we're that family, all right? We were rocking our matching Christmas pajamas this year. But I love Christmas. Anybody love Christmas movies? My favorite Christmas movie is Home Alone, favorite Christmas movie, Elf, second, all right? And if you think Die Hard is a Christmas movie, I don't think that we can be friends, okay? Like, what in the world? I don't really see that as a Christmas movie, but I do love Christmas. I do love Christmas movies, and Home Alone is my favorite. And um, the thing about Home Alone, though, is I can't let my kids watch that movie on their own anymore. And here's why. About... Two years ago, my daughter was five at the time, and they loved Home Alone. Occasionally, they would watch Home Alone. And uh, so we're driving in the family minivan, and from the back seat of the minivan, my daughter, Nora, quoted a line from Home Alone perfectly. And it was about the only movie line in Home Alone with a cuss word in it. And she nailed it, guys. Like, she could have got an Academy Award, and I about crashed the family minivan. And so I was like, all right, kids, you cannot watch that without me anymore. And so... Uh, last, a couple weeks ago, I was watching Home Alone with my kids so I could skip that part. And so we got to the part, the part where Kevin is watching Angel with Filthy Souls. Anybody, y'all with me? All right, so I skipped that part. And you would have thought I just ended my children's life. They're like, Dad, no. They're like melting down, like, oh, my goodness, Dad, they're losing it. And Nixon's like, Daddy, that's our favorite scene. That's the part where Johnny blows snakes away because he's a filthy animal. And I'm like, I have failed as a father. I have failed as a pastor. And I went like full-on Billy Graham mode on my kids. I don't know if this has ever happened to you. Like, I was like, kids, we got to be in the world, but not of the world. We got to guard our hearts. And this isn't right. And there's certain things you can't see. And I, and I started to hear myself. You ever heard yourself as a parent? And I was like, Joel, you sound really old right now. And then I was like, Joel, you don't just sound really old. You sound like a really old pastor. And I'm like, how did this happen to me, right? Like, and I want peace in my family, but all it took was a scene from Home Alone for me, like pull the, you know, pin out of the grenade and just like roll it in there and just everything blew up. But I feel like my kids are getting old too quick. And I just get in like dad protect mode. I don't know if this happens. Like I get in protect mode and I'm like, there's certain things you can't see. There's certain things you can't do. There's certain things. And I just like, and and I can catch myself starting to parent out of fear. Can any parent relate to that right there? And it's easy to do because like we love our kids so much. Those of you who are parents, maybe you parent out of fear because you don't want your kids to make the same mistakes you made when you were growing up. Like you were the one rolling the station wagon down the driveway at midnight just to get out of there. I don't know what it is, but parents, we have a choice. We can parent out of fear, or we can parent out of faith. And when you parent out of faith, listen, you you still put up boundaries. You still may skip some movie scenes from home alone, all right? But you just, over time, you give them a little more freedom, 
and a little more freedom and a little more freedom, and you just trust God like crazy. Isn't that so important? You just trust God like crazy. Because if you don't trust God like crazy, you will parent out of fear, and your house will be a mess, and there will be no peace in the house. And so parents, what do we do? We parent out of faith. We set up boundaries, we coach, we guide, but we trust God like crazy. And by the way, if you're struggling with this parent thing, welcome to the club. We are all on that struggle bus. Listen, if it is messy in your family as a parent, you are normal. If it is dysfunctional as a parent, you are normal. If your five-year-old walks out of base your kids today and like says a cuss word from the Home Alone movie, it was not my job. But if it's, if it's a struggle, that's normal. And so what do we do? What do we do? We got a parent out of faith, which means we set up boundaries, we set up guidelines, we coach, we guide, but we trust God like crazy. We trust God like crazy. Here's what James had to say, and this isn't just for parents, this is for um, all of us. James 3.17, I love this. He says, but the wisdom from above is first of all pure. It is also, this is for marriages, parents, for Thanksgiving dinner, it is also peace-loving, gentle at all times, and willing to yield to others. What would happen in your house today if you did this? What would happen in your house this week if you did this? What would happen at Thanksgiving dinner if you did this? All right, what would happen if your in-laws were Pittsburgh Steelers fans? If you were peace-loving, gentle at all times, and willing to yield to others, there would be a whole lot less crazy and a whole lot more peace, Right? And speaking of peace, James goes on in the, the second half of this verse, and he says this. Peace, it's, it's full of mercy and the fruit of good deeds. It shows no favoritism and is always sincere. And those who are, what's this word? Peacemakers. I love that word. Those who are peacemakers will plant seeds of peace and reap a harvest of righteousness. That is so good. Listen, a peacemaker is less concerned about being right, and is more concerned that the family is right. A peacemaker is less concerned about being heard and is more concerned that others in the family are heard, okay? And sometimes, sometimes the best thing that you can do in your family to bring peace is to listen. And I don't know, I'm a man. I like, when I hear something, I'm like, I got to fix this. I'm, come on, let's solve the problem. I'm on A, B, and C. Like, do, 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 do. But the best thing sometimes you can do, men, is just listen. Don't solve it. Don't, you know, get out your calculator. Don't get at the eye. Just, just listen. Tune in. And sometimes, even though you don't solve anything, you solve a whole lot, right? And wouldn't our families all be better if we were gentle at all times, peace-loving, and, and willing to yield to others? Wouldn't that make families better? And let me just say one more time, I am not there yet. I got a long way to go in my family. Last Sunday, after church and after Stacey did homework with the kids, um, Stacey wanted to set up all the Christmas decorations in the house. And I love Christmas. I love these Christmas decorations. I started listening to Christmas music in September this year. That's true. I love Christmas. But before we went all like Macy's Day Parade in the house last Sunday, I wanted to watch some football. I wanted to watch the Steelers lose, which they didn't. <laughs> Don't clap for it. It's not good. <laughs> And so I wanted to watch some football, and Stacey has the Christmas music cranked. I mean, it's like Andy Williams is in my living room. I felt like I was in Club Christmas. It was like, it's the most wonderful time of the year. I was like, it would be wonderful if the Steelers had lost. That would be wonderful. And so I'm like, can we just turn the Andy Williams down a little bit? And Stacey's like, are you okay, Pastor Joel? I'm like, I'm fine. 
But I got a long way to go in being peace-loving, gentle at all times, and willing to yield to others. But what about your house right now? What are some things that you can do in your family to just diss the drama and bring the peace up? A little bit. Maybe this is just some, some ideas. Maybe maybe you don't you don't debate as much and you, you listen more. Or maybe you, you don't think of all the ways that other people can serve you. I have a whole list of ways that people can serve me. You ever think about this? Like, oh, if they did that, this would be good for me. Maybe you stop thinking about ways that people can serve you and you start thinking about ways you can serve other people. Maybe you stop being jealous when you see that family member who's got everything all together and you start celebrating that stuff. Maybe every time you want to criticize, you just compliment. If we did those things, our families would all be a little better this Thanksgiving season, right? I said, what would happen if you do that in your house this week? If you're gentle at all times, you're peace-loving, you're willing to yield to others, I think all of our families will be a whole lot better. And we're still going to all have messy families. I'm still going to have my my sprinkles in the sink moments. But I think if we were gentle, willing to yield to others, peace-loving, I think we'd all find out that the mess doesn't matter as much as the family does. Right? So I want to end with um, actually a prayer that a girl wrote in her book, this lady wrote this book called The Liturgy for the Space Between Us, and she wrote a prayer for her family Thanksgiving gathering because her family was messy just like ours, and she didn't want turkey to taste different at Thanksgiving, and so she pre-wrote a prayer for her messy family, and and I I heard about this prayer this week, and I was like, I just want to read this as our final prayer today because it's just a great prayer heading into Thanksgiving with our messy families, and so we'll put this on the screen, but this is from a book called A Liturgy for the Space Between Us. And she, here's a prayer. For family near and peaceable, Lord, we give thanks. For family far and conflicted, Lord, we give thanks. For the ones easy to love, Lord, we give thanks. For the ones we fight to love, Lord, we give thanks. For people who see as we see, Lord, we give thanks. For people, who, who, people we don't understand, Lord, we give thanks. For people who don't understand us, Lord, we give thanks. For easy conversation and express affection, Lord, we give thanks. For gentle discord within our discourse, Lord, we give thanks. For unity, not sameness, Lord, we give thanks. For charity in all things, Lord, we give thanks. For a world that reflects your goodness, Lord, we give thanks. For humankind that bears your image, Lord, we give thanks. For a day when, we delight in our, when we'll delight in our differences and not just tolerate them. For a gathering of every tribe and every tongue. For a table and a feast today, anticipating the one we'll enjoy with you someday. Lord, we give thanks. Amen. That's good, isn't it? Let's be grateful for the family we have, not the family we thought we'd have. Let's love the family we have, not the family we thought we'd have.